Hey y'all, hey. Welcome to Such a Lady and I'm your host Siobhan. If you are new checking us out, make yourself at home and welcome to your new toxic family. If you are a Sal, such a lady, thank you for coming back each week. I definitely appreciate it and you. This week, such a lady is our girl, Selma Williams. Thank you for sticking with us. We appreciate you and all of your support. Y'all, Valentine's Day is Wednesday and your girl is excited. Um, Me and Milo are going to put on our Valentine's Day pajamas. We're going to make dinner and watch Paw Patrol or Power Rangers or whichever one he decides. Um, And most likely making dinner will consist of pizza, but that I'm excited. Okay. Don't, don't rain on my parade. Um, But I'm also excited and I would love to send a gift package to one of our sounds. Um, It'll be full of all the things that I hope will make you smile. Um, here's how you can win. You can comment under our Galentine's Day post with your favorite Such a Lady episode on our socials. Or if you don't get on our socials, um, you can also leave a comment on Spotify with your name and your favorite episode. All names will go into a drawing and we will announce the winner. Unfortunately, it won't be on Valentine's Day because I want to give everybody a chance to participate because everybody doesn't listen to such a lady on Mondays. Um, So we will announce the winner next week and I'm excited. So how about that? Now let's get toxic. Our next short story starts with a young lady by the name of Angela Schultz. Um, Angela was born in Bangkok, Thailand with a, she was born into a military family. Angela would go on to say that her parents were strict, but raised Angela with a balance of love, respect, and discipline. However, Angela would also say that her sister was mentally, physically, and sexually abusive to Angela. Angela's sister was much older than her, and her parents often left Angela's older sister with the task of watching Angela often. Now, if what Angela said is true, I can only imagine the violation she must have felt, especially coming from her sister. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is the person you look up to and they're mistreating you. Angela said that she was ready to leave this toxic relationship with her sister So at age 15, Angela marries an abusive man who she claims kept her away from her parents. He wouldn't let her see them. He wouldn't let her talk to them. It was just all bad. Angela claimed that while in this relationship, she was mentally and physically abused. So she thought she was leaving her sister to be in a better position, but it seems like she's worse off than she was before. Um, Angela states that while in this relationship, she suffered being choked, punched, and treated like a prisoner in her own home. Angela even claimed that her voice box was damaged. Uh, Crazy, right? Angela said enough was enough and decided to choose herself. 
five years later, Angela entered into another relationship that she states was worse than the one before. Angela states that she was raped and beaten. Once Angela found the strength to leave, she states that she began battling and suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder, depression, anxiety, and much more. Angela will go on to say that she was born without a thyroid. And I know y'all like Siobhan, where'd they come from? Like, <laughs> why do we care about that? But Angela stated that she was diagnosed with Celex disease, which caused her to be tired and have a lack of motivation. Now, when she was in Bangkok and she was underneath the military insurance, things were great because they were giving her the medication that she needed. But once she was no longer underneath the military insurance, Angela stated that they started giving her like the off brand and it just wasn't doing what it was supposed to do for her. It wasn't. And so she had a a lack of motivation. She said her house was unlivable. Um, She said that the toilets in her bathroom were disgusting to the point where she was like, okay, when she got this, this, this fresh breath of wind, she said, okay, I'm gonna go ahead and go to Walmart and get some supplies to go ahead and get this house in order. Then once we get the house in order, me and the kids are going to go ahead and take a camping trip because I've been kind of out of myself lately and they deserve better. Now, Angela goes to Walmart, but then she remembers that she has to pick her friend slash neighbor up from work, James Schaefer. The only person who really knows what happened after Angela picked James up from his job at a limousine company is Angela. What is known is that Angela and James came back to Angela's house. It was late and the two decided to have a couple of drinks. Unfortunately, this would be the last time anyone would see James. James was eventually reported missing and the police canvassed the neighborhood and spoke with Angela, who stated that she had seen James, but that was a couple of days ago. She hadn't seen him since. Now, the police did a walkthrough and couldn't find anything at that time that would give them any concern about Angela. So the police continue on their missing person investigation for Mr. James. The case kind of starts to, you know, lose motivation because they're talking to people, but don't nobody know nothing okay um that is until the police get a call from angela's big sister yeah the one that angela said did her dirty and abused her mentally and physically all right yeah that one she stated that angela had called a meeting with her parents to tell her that something important was going on and she needed to talk to them angela's sister said once she arrived with her two kids in tow she explained that she had done something horrible, something that she couldn't believe she had done. 
Angela's sister said that her sister looked sleep deprived and she kept hugging her kids and telling them goodbye and how much she loved him. And Angela's sister felt like at this point she had no choice but to call the police. You coming over here acting real funny, talking about you didn't did something, you ain't got no business doing, you didn't kill somebody. Yeah, we gonna need to call the police. Um, at this time, Angela was not on the police's radar, but this one call had them intrigued. So the police go pick up Angela and she asks for a lawyer. She does. She asks for a lawyer, but she also hasn't slept in days. And she stated that she was experiencing hearing voices and hallucinations and things of that nature. So she was transported to a mental facility. Now, while there, now while Angela's at this mental facility, she herself calls the police department and says that she wants to talk. The police bring Angela in for questioning and they ask her, hey, look, do you want a lawyer? Because the last time she was like, I want a lawyer. Um, Angela agrees to talk this time without a lawyer. Y'all, this interview in itself is a whole nother story. I, I, if y'all want to look at the interview, definitely look it up. But it, <laughs> Angela was in the interrogation room with a sunglasses on, like they were that, like the police were wasting her time, like for real. During this interview, Angela states that her and James became good friends, but James had an issue. Because of his past decisions, he could not open up a bank account and James received a disability check. Angela said she was asked several times by James to help him out. He needed somebody to open up an account for him. He stated he had no one else to ask and Angela was his last resort. Angela stated knowing that this man had a family, he had kids, she agrees to be a payee on his account. In return, James was to pay Angela $100 out of his check each time it was deposited into the joint account. Angela said things would have been fine, but James kept overdrawing their account. Angela also said that James not only owed her money, but several other people. So he was just getting money, overdrawing money, owing money. He was just out here, Mr. Money Man. That's who he was. Police do discover at the time James went missing, he was on the verge of eviction. His water had been cut off. He had several cutoff notices outside of that, and he owed his bookie. I'm, I'm telling y'all, James was a busy bee. Do you hear me? He was. Angela would go on to state that the night that she picked James up from work, they went back to her house to have drinks. And when she was getting ready to take James home, he asked her to ask her father for a loan for $4,000 so that he could get caught up on his debts. And Angela said this wasn't the first time that he asked her. She said that he kept asking her to um, see about getting a loan from her dad who was sick. Like he was, he, he wasn't in good health. So Angela felt some type of way about that. But she told him, listen, yes, I'll talk to him. As a matter of fact, let's go talk to him together. That's what we're going to do. So they get in the car. 
to go talk to Angela's father about this loan, but the two ended up at a cemetery where they got into a fight about James and his finances and how he kept overdrawing this account and Angela was just sick of it. James gets angry and Angela says that he doesn't hit her, but he comes after her and like she feels threatened. And so Angela being a petite woman said that she stood no chance against this man who weighed over 250 pounds. So Angela in self-defense, she reaches in the back seat of her car and finds an ice pick. She takes this ice pick and she stabs James in the eye, but this just pisses him off because at first he wasn't putting his hands on her, but now you didn't poke me in the eye with this ice pick, homegirl. And so it didn't get real. So James, Angela stays, James comes at her and starts to strangle Angela and she begins passing out. But before she passes out, she reaches in the backseat of her car and she finds a hiking cord and manages to get this around James's neck and strangle him until he no longer becomes a threat. Now, listen, Sal's, y'all remember that Angela had just got the motivation to even clean her house up, right? Let alone strangle this 250-pound man. But then homegirl had plastic wrap in her car. So Angela uses this pra- this plastic wrap to wrap up James's head to prevent bleeding in her car. <laughs> Y'all can't make this up. The ice pick is still sticking out of his, his, his eye, okay? And so she's driving home with his head wrapped up in this plastic so it does not waste in her car, the blood. Once home, Angela realizes that no one is going to believe her and her children are going to be taken away from her. So she has to get rid of James's body. So what does she do? She decides she's going to cut him up with a saw and a knife and she places his body in two kiddie pools. I, I can't I, I can't even imagine what you think and why you sawing somebody in half. You know what I mean? Um, Angela said her first thought was to cremate him. And so Angela didn't have no funeral experience. So I'm not sure how she thought this was going to work because it didn't. Um, The smell became too much and the parts didn't start turning into ashes. Um, They didn't. It it, it didn't work like she thought it was going to work. She couldn't get the um, lid to go on the pot because of the freaking ice pick that she had in James eye so she had to take that out in order to get the pot to go on top it was just a lot like so you boiling this man's head you putting his other body parts but body parts in the oven and your kids are like mama why is this house smelling like this so Angela's like listen I hit a deer okay so she's realizing at this point that she's not gonna be able to cremate this body And so she enlists her son's help to dispose of the body parts that she couldn't cook or get to cremate. And so at this point, she takes these body parts and begins dumping them in different parts. And she tells the investigators, you know, I was cooking them on Thursday. I was dropping them off on Friday. Like, ma'am. Now, mind you, she still got these sunglasses on like Angela. (laughs) 
what is going on? I don't know. So after she dumps his body parts and things of that nature, her her daughter starts asking like, mama, why is this smell not going away? And then she starts giving, because Angela, she has an answer for everything. She says that it's some type of rotten that's, that's in the house. And that's why the smell hasn't gone away, but it's eventually going to go away. And of course, her daughter and her son believe her. They Why would they not believe their mom? Why, why would they think that she would do anything but tell the truth? Um, I, I, I totally believe that the son felt like she was telling the truth because why would he help her dispose of a body if he didn't think it was a deer? I believe it was at this point the police were stopping by and Angela knew she was the last person to have seen James. Now, I could be wrong, but I believe once Angela realized that her idea of cremating James was not going to work, she had to come up with something else. And when she couldn't think of anything, she decided to go to her parents. Angela never said so, but I think that she expected her parents to help her find a way out. You know what I mean? Like we just expect our parents to be our our our, our saving grace. So I think that once she had exhausted all of her resources as far as what she thought she could do, she went to her parents. But Angela's sister ruined everything by calling the police. Angela's sister would later go on to testify that Angela told her that James kept pressuring her about money. So she took one of her one of her father's flexorols and mixed it with the alcohol she was serving James that night, causing him to be drowsy. And this gave Angela the upper hand and she was able to kill James. And if you really think about it, that does make sense because if Angela kept bringing up the fact that she was a petite woman and he was bigger, then even if she stabbed him in the eye, if he was choking her, I'm just saying he could have flung her around that car and been done with her. But it does make more sense that he was in a state of, you know, he wasn't at his self 100%. And mixing flexorol along with alcohol, listen, can take a big man down. Now, although Angela said it was self-defense, the jury felt her actions weren't. They didn't feel like it was self-defense at all. While in deliberation, they stated that there was a juror who was hung up on if it was premeditation or not. So they requested to have Angela's sister's testimony replayed for them. And after listening to Angela's sister's testimony, stating that she took her father's medicine to sedate James, Angela was convicted of first degree murder. And y'all, this story was super crazy, I swear. Because why didn't Angela just take him off her account? You know what I mean? Like, if it was that serious, if the issue was that he kept overdrawing the account, close the account, take him off the account. Okay, I'm going to go a step further. Move. Okay, you can't move? Then just stop talking to him altogether. I don't know because I, listen, I can stop talking to you. I can pretend like you never existed. <laughs> like you, you, do I know who? No, I don't. You can stay right across the street and we could never, ever, ever, ever speak. So the fact that I'm doing you a favor and you keep putting me in the hole, mm, that give me even more reason not to speak to you. Mm, all right, 
James who? All right. So I don't know why did she think that murder was the answer. Angela said she had been abused before, but she had found the strength to leave those relationships. From all accounts, there was no sexual relationship between Angela and James, no hidden insurance policies. It kind of makes me wonder if because of her past, Angela wasn't going to let anyone have her feeling like they were in control of her. And with James pressuring her, she felt like she had to act and she and she had to act fast. Or maybe she just wanted to kill someone. The whole story just doesn't make sense at all. And I mean, I know we say all the time, you know, you can't rationalize with crazy, but I'm just thinking there were so many different ways that she could, this story could have ended. She could have not picked James up from work. She could have not put the flexor all in his drink. It's just crazy. And so now her kids don't have a mom and she's spending the rest of her life in prison because she killed James because he was overdrawing her account. I, I don't know. I'm, if I'm honest, if I'm just 100% honest, my account had been overdrawn a couple of times and I ain't never thought about killing myself or anyone else because of it. But again, that's, you know, can't rationalize with crazy. Angela does have a website up where she claims that she is innocent and this was really self-defense. She states that um, the jurors got it wrong. She stated that that one of the there was actually one juror that was texting and Angela's um defense team was like look how are they going to be texting on their phone if they're supposed to be paying attention like this woman's life is in danger and I mean her life is on the line like she could spend the rest of her life in prison and then we got homegirl over her texting on her phone so they bring that to the judge and the judge is like okay well I'll take that into consideration but we not finna stop her from going to jail and so there were several other times that Angela tried to you know go back in front of the court and um, appeal the decision that was already made but again it was never overturned and she has life in prison but if you all are interested in checking out her interview definitely look on YouTube. You will not be disappointed. Not at all. And if you would like to check out her website, you could absolutely do so. She'll tell you what her side of the story is, as opposed to what the uh, prosecution and the jurors believed. But y'all, this was our crazy toxic story. And it's so toxic because y'all wasn't even bumping uglies. Y'all wasn't even having sex. I don't understand. It just doesn't make sense. But I guess people have killed for less than that. I absolutely thank you guys for tuning in to our Such a Lady this week. I hope you guys enjoyed the story as much as I enjoyed telling it. It was super, super crazy. But of course, if you are in a toxic relationship and you've been looking, you've been praying, you've been asking for confirmation to leave, here is your confirmation. If you need help getting out of a toxic situation, you can always reach out to us here at Such a Lady, or you can reach out to the National Domestic Hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE. If you are the toxic in a relationship, you don't have to be. 
If you decide that you don't want to be no more, then guess what? You don't have to be. And there are resources available that can help you become a better you. Um, if you would like information on that, you can reach out to us at Such a Lady or you can reach out to the National Domestic Hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE. We just want you to choose you because everything great is on the other side of choosing you. Um, I hope you guys have a great week. Remember, if your day starts off bad, don't milk it. Don't let a bad moment turn into a bad day. Don't forget to be great on purpose. And I would love for you guys to meet us over on our socials at SuchAlady30 on Instagram and SuchAlady on Facebook. We will have our Galentine's post put up. So you guys will have all week to comment your favorite Such a Lady episode, to enter in a drawing, to win a gift basket. I love you guys. And don't forget to be great on purpose. Thanks for tuning in.